0: Hi everyone, it's Rob from the Pod Mania podcast. Uh, just before we start this week's week in wrestling, we need to talk about what's going on in the world right now. Something that is bigger than wrestling. Right now, people are discriminated against, abused for, and even murdered all down to the colour of their skin. This cannot continue. Events this week and the senseless murder of George Floyd have thrown into even sharper relief that things need to change. Well, what makes this worse is that this is not an isolated incident. As people with a following, no matter how little, we need to say this. We will never understand what you have been through, the awful hardships and discriminations you face on a daily basis. But we hear you, and we stand with you. Racism cannot and will not ever win. We will fight it together. Black lives matter for more information or for links to donations and ways to help please see the links in the description of this podcast thank you and enjoy the episode this podcast is a part of the podmania podcasting network check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts features reviews match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling Hello, my name is Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling, and you are listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, and you better keep listening to it. Why? Here's why. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pod Mania podcast this week in wrestling. I am your host Rob Goodwin and I am joined by Chris O'Brien. How are you Chris?
1: Rob Goodwin, as you sit there, hopefully as uncomfortable as you possibly could be. I have some things I want to say to you.
0: Hi hi, Rob, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> Going full CM Punk pipe on, are we?
1: Well, to be fair, you. I, I remember how annoyed you were, what, two days ago? when CM Punk was about to win the Podmania Cup.
0: <laughs> yeah, CM Punk, the... Uh... Oh no, Adam Cole, the inaugural P1 winner.
1: Yeah, the inaugural P1 winner, and therefore the inaugural Podmania champion. <laughs> uh, this is something that I'm not doing for any sort of site. I'm just doing it for fun and then telling these guys, because I need to tell someone, otherwise people think I'm dead. Um, and yeah, but going up against stiff competition, he managed to beat carrying Kravitz. He went undefeated in the group stages, only blemish on his record being a draw against Arisa. Um, Is that a ben... sign
0: of how well he's going to do against Champer at NXT TakeOver? Ooh,
1: he actually went against Champa at some point in the tournament. No, he didn't. No, he was going to him and Champer lost to Punk.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go, then. There you go. So, all in all, Chris, obviously we don't have Garth today. Um, we'll both take it in turns... To give our opinions as to why he's not here. What what is your opinion as to why he's not here?
1: Um, I think he got his like balls stuck when he got up from the
0: from the bathroom. <laughs> and he's just still there.
1: Yeah, he's just there uh, <laughs> crying. crying. <laughs> and like wasn't even his balls, it was just like a, a bit of skin between. Uh but like it that's still painful, and he's like, Oh my god, that was so close to my balls and he's now really he's just cupping them for dear life.
0: Hang on, are um, we talking the bit of skin between each bollock or are we talking about the gooch between balls and arsehole?
1: Um, no, the skin, um, the, the bit of bollo- um, ballsack between the bollocks.
0: Okay, uh, yet incredibly painful.
1: Yeah, incredibly painful, incredibly close to something bad. And he's there thinking, well, if I lo- I'd have lost him, I would never have any more children and I'd love that. But also, no, my babies. <laughs> and there he is referring to his
0: bollocks. Of course, of course. I mean, my my... My reason as to why he was not here is far more elaborate than yours. Um, I was going to go off on an entire spiel about how he lost a casket match to Yokozuna um, and then therefore was off podcast for months and months and months, only to come back at SummerSlam to face himself in the main event. Um, Um, I'm not being... That's
1: a bit derivative.
0: (laughs) That is still one of the weirdest pay-per-views we've ever, ever reviewed for this podcast.
1: It's not, it's the weirdest, but not the worst. Because you know what the worst is? The big event.
0: I mean, worst is very subjective, Chris. Look,
1: name one good thing on the big event.
0: Um, Paul Orndorff.
1: He wasn't good.
0: No, nothing was good about that show. It really was the drizzling shit. Um, At least
1: Hirohokuto was on the, um, it was on Collision in Career. Another Rob Goodwin suggestion, might I add.
0: Hey, who suggested an In Your House Canadian Stampede for our retro review?
1: And that was fucking amazing!
0: Exactly, that was me!
1: No, I, I suggested that.
0: I'm sure you didn't.
1: No, you suggested let's do an In Your House and I immediately said Canadian Stampede. I am willing to go through the fucking chat for this.
0: <laughs> because that is the content that people tune in for. <laughs> <laughs> Us silently scrolling through WhatsApp till we find.
1: As, as you introduce our first segment, I am scrolling to like what the middle of last month
0: to see chris it was you i know it was you don't worry you don't actually need to shoot go through whatsapp i know it was you buddy
1: well i wasn't gonna go through it i'm just gonna search stampede
0: (laughs) whilst chris searches for this inevitably finds that he's right because he was right this entire thing was done to instigate a riot you've admitted
1: admitted i'm right that's all i need
0: Okay, so let's kick in to some news items. Uh, First, Chris, and I know you have a lot to say about this. Um, We've got two bits of backstage heat, and this is to put it mildly. So let's start with Nia Jax. Um, I know you have a lot to say about Nia Jax, so don't worry.
1: Most girls can work.
0: I will give you time to rant. Um, unfortunately, on this week's episode of Raw, which was taped, um, Nia Jax uh, was involved in an incident again where Kyrie Sane ended up hitting the ring steps head first, causing a absolute stonker of a gash in her forehead. She posted pictures of it on Twitter. Of course, the actual inst or the blood and everything was uh, edited out of the uh, out of the uh, show this week. Um This, obviously, is on the back of Nia's failed buckle bomb on Kyrie Sane, um, the same person, uh, and on the top of a a number of high-profile botches.
1: Amber Boone, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha Banks.
0: Technically, um, Charlotte
1: twice. Charlotte twice? In the same match?
0: Now... Before you go off, because I I know you've you've felt this for a while, and that's fine. I I don't mind that. I will grant you that the buckle bomb spot <clears throat> that's solely on Nia. I think that was dangerous. I think it was you it can was hear awful. I
1: was doubting. I'm not set.
0: You. It was. It was very. It was very lax. It was very lazy, and it looked horrendous. And thankfully, was nowhere near as bad as it could have been because that could have literally ended Kyrie's career, luckily it didn't this one I do still think that it's a little bit lazy, however I am willing to say if you look at it, it is not 100% Nia Jax's fault that spot hang on, hang on Um, that spot is performed on a weekly basis and Nia actually does nothing wrong now unfortunately these things do happen it looked ugly and obviously with Nia's track record which unfortunately is deserved I I can't back her on that she has you know she has been exposed in quite a few matches I don't think this was solely her fault I'm not blaming Kyrie obviously accidents do just happen especially in wrestling but I do think that with her track record and the heat she's gotten from previous injury, especially that buckle bomb one. I think Naya everyone just piled on straight away. And it, it does look nasty. Chris, you are very, very vocal. Let's put it mildly. You are very vocal about Nia's work rate. So what was your opinion on this? And oh Look, yeah, I,
1: can, I can take boring as fuck Giants, right? Because when Nia Jax isn't hurting someone... That's what she is. She's a boring, big obstacle. She's like a Big Show. She's like Farley. She's in that mold, which is fine. Except Farley doesn't injure people. Big Show doesn't injure people. Like, I'm not being funny. Nia Jax can't be trusted to throw a punch, as we've seen with Becky Lynch. She should be trusted to be able to catch someone on a moon soap. She apparently can't do that. Um, and yet we trust her to do a buckle bomb, which should never have happened. I agree on this one. It's probably both people's equal amount, um, equal amount of fault here. Like Nia didn't make sure um, Sane was safe, but she did have enough time to turn herself around. Was she trying to make it look too stiff? I don't know. This one is actually up for debate. Every single other fucking time, no, Naya is bad at her job, and like, and not being funny, she her job isn't to be a good wrestler. Her job is to be a safe wrestler, and she's not even that. And, Chief, I would think this is. Un, I'd think it would be unsuitable to hire her in an indie fed, let alone the biggest wrestling federation in the world. And I'm sick of pe- every time someone brings that up, people are like, well, were you angry at Seth Rollins? At the time when Seth Rollins injured like three different people in a year, yes! I was very mad at Seth Rollins and thought he should adjust his moveset. moveset. You know what he did? He adjusted his moveset. And what was. When was the last time Rollins injured someone? Was it Bala in 2016? Um.
0: Yeah, because he injured Balor, yeah. he injured Scenery, injured Sting, didn't
1: he? So he injured them in the space of a year, which is bad, very bad. All of them sort of came out and said, well, it was halfway my fault. Like, Balor especially was like, no, I took that wrong. And like, sure, but like at the same time, like, but like, but on those moves, like, Scenery didn't get his hands up in time, so that one can be more iffy, but like in the Bomb, that's an inherently dangerous move. Like, he has, from a from power one position, you don't really have much leeway to position your opponent. A chokeslam, on the other hand, which is what Naya did, you have so much room to navigate your opponent, you are literally holding on to them.
0: It's difficult... I do see people's point because for ages and ages, and ages it was the done thing to rag on Seth Rollins because he injured so many people. I agree yeah, with you, Chris, but because there was, there was huge heat on Seth. Absolutely. Yeah, yes, no. we did. Can you not remember the fact that he basically injured Sting to the point that he had to retire? Does, does no one remember that? People do
1: remember that, but people seem to think he, we didn't. And the reason we don't rag on Seth now is because he stopped injuring people. Exactly. People were ragging on Seth then. Naya has yet to stop injuring people. She went, what happened with Seth, basically, he went away for a few months, came back and stopped injuring people. Naya went away for a few months came back and immediately went back to injuring people.
0: Yeah and of course we're missing Alexa Bliss who she injured last year. Um was it last year was it was the year before at Backlash. I think it was the year before.
1: At some point where Naya Jax has injured so many people that when Naya Jax injures someone it isn't a tragedy it's a fucking statistic I and mean, just fire her already. She's beyond if you're not going to send her to developmental fire her.
0: See this she is used- where this is where I disagree with you. I don't think she should be fired. And, you know, after the slew of releases, I don't think we should be calling for people to be fired. Right. However, I 100% agree with you that A she should be sent to developmental. If she cannot do her moveset without putting someone in danger, more danger than, you know, you are in taking a wrestling move anyway, then she needs to be sent to uh, developmental and she needs to refine her moveset. So she's not putting those people in danger. And secondly, you look at those injuries that she's caused two in the space of four (laughs) weeks. Should she be the one who's in the fucking title match at Backlash?
1: Absolutely fucking not. You're it's unbelievable to me that she has a somewhat disdained push and it's literally because of luck and because of family heritage like family heritage there's no one better sure but in terms of like having that monster here in the women's division there's so many options hire um jordan grace you have Piper niven on staff bring her up um Jazzy Gabbot, you had her in staff until recently. You could have brought her up she's more more than a convincing monster hero even um what's her name down in NXT with Dakota kai she's she she doesn't hurt people. she looks a bit rough, but so does Naya, and Naya looks rough and injures people. so like I'd rather take someone who looks rough and doesn't injure people,
0: yeah. I mean, there is there is space for that monster on the main roster, and I I do think Naya Jax because she is an Im- she cuts an imposing figure. Her power does- game is brilliant. Her leg drop, okay, I I know that we both dislike the leg drop as a finisher. However, when Naya does it, it looks like legitimately when- devastating. It's like when Yokozuna did it; it was legitimately devastating.
1: I, again, I would not have a problem with Naya Jax if a she stopped stops injuring people. And B, she'd stop acting like a fucking child when people are like, "Hey, maybe stop injuring people." Have you seen her on Twitter? Every time something like this happens,
0: yeah. I mean, I will. I'm not defending the actions. Those actions need to change. We can't keep affording to injure wrestlers. Something needs to change there. However, you know, for everyone that is calling her out on Twitter, whatever you're saying to her, she A already knows, and B. Probably and B she's going to have had that a thousand times over from every smarky wrestling fan who thinks that they are you know Brett fucking Hart in the ring yes she knows she's injured people okay it's up now to it's up to the WWE her bosses to establish what to do next do we just ignore the fact that she's injuring wrestlers which apparently they are doing or... say, exactly
1: that's my thing. People seem to be like, well, why would WWE keep her on? It's like, can we stop pretending that WWE is
0: an ethical company? Or do we sort of... I've forgotten what I was saying now because she put me off. What did I say? What was I saying? <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um, either way, you know, you shouldn't be calling out Nia Jax on Twitter because ultimately she is a professional wrestler. Yes, she's injuring people. And yes, that's bad. But it's not up to you to you know, start abusing I know, I her. It's but like, not you personally, I Chris.
1: I know, but like, I, I don't, don't get me wrong, people who are abusing her on Twitter, I'm not, that's no one behind. I'm behind her getting better, which she is Let me put it this way. I just finished an honours degree. If you were averaging less than a C on that honours degree by the um, Christmas break, you were chucked, chucked off of it. And that's just from learning. And you can speak for yourself. If you're a shit teacher, you'll probably be fired. If you shit at most shops, <clears throat> unless it's apparently an NYPD officer, you'll be fired.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do agree with you. I agree with you. She has got to get better in the ring. Um, and like, it's been like this for what three or four years now. Since she debuted on the main roster, to be perfectly honest, I don't. Exactly. I don't really it's... remember her injuring anyone in NXT. She wasn't the in NXT... NXT for very long.
1: A. She wasn't in there for very long, and B. Um, they didn't sort of demand her to do mad shit. Look back at her, uh, like her two biggest matches would have been Bailey and Asuka. Neither of those matches were especially. She didn't do anything that could injure someone apart from throwing punches, which we have seen she can't be trusted to do. But still, it was with Asuka and Bailey who, like, saw the punches coming. Like, they, like <clears throat> don't get. Let put it this way. They probably meticulously put out every single aspect of that match.
0: Well. <sighs> Probably not the Becky one. Or do you mean the two NXT matches? The NXT matches. Sorry, I, well, thought, you that... meant, I thought you meant the Becky brawl. I was like, I, oh, I doubt well, they... Becky,
1: she just sort of threw a punch wildly. You know what she did? She basically was crowd killing, which I'm not for at a fucking gig.
0: No, absolutely not. It was, it That was unsafe. And it, it very, very nearly cost us Becky and Ronda... Which was the money match, thankfully they managed to put that on. So
1: it did cost us Becky and Ronda.
0: Only at Survivor Series, I think ultimately it led to a better feel good moment with the women headline in WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, but I think which I personally to think that it should have been one on one. We don't
0: have time for me to talk about how I agree with hauling. you. I agree with you. I think it we'll should have been one on one.
1: We'll talk about Charlotte Flair shoe hauling in
0: the <season>. Um, let's move to the second person then who's got Pete backstage in the WWE locker room, and that is one Jackson Ryker, um, who basically thought that this week of all weeks was the time to push his shitty catchphrase. Um, basically, Donald Trump um, has put something out, um, something derogatory and basically just completely wrong as is his want and jackson Riker spoke out on twitter saying thankful for the at potus which is uh, donald trump's twitter handle we have god bless america built of freedom forgotten no more um this in itself was bad and he was called out by many many a wwe wrestlers such as kevin owens mustafa ali um his own tag team uh, teammates <laughs>
1: about how amazingly calm Mustafa Ali is
0: when he gets like abuse on Twitter. I think Mustafa Ali is the perfect embodiment of how to use Twitter.
1: He is a wonderful man, isn't
0: he? Yeah. I, I don't think Mustafa Ali has got a bad bone in his body.
1: You remember that story of um, a teacher DM'd him and was like, hey, no, like, after them, going, hey, can you retweet this? So because we need these supplies, can you just retweet the wish list? I mean, he bought them all.
0: Yeah. Um. Obviously, then Joey Janella and Hangman Page, uh, piled on as well, as well as Batista. Joey Janella saying someone's going to shit in his bag backstage, which I found really funny. Um <laughs> This was compounded slightly. Uh, not slightly, massively, by the surfacing of a screenshot of his 2019 Facebook post. Uh, this read, Pretty touchy subject, but all this Black Lives Matter garbage baffles me. I challenge anyone of any colour or race to go and watch 12 Years a Slave, the movie, and realise how good you all actually have it. Learn heritage, Christ, Gandhi, but uh, Buddha, they all taught love and caring for others this is getting out of hand i pray for this nation daily
1: oh my lord okay so very quickly one i'm not one for digging up people's um like distant past because i am one who believes that people cha- can change but also that was what 6 months ago jesus christ um also ah one the Ah, there's so many layers to that is wrong. So many... Right, just the headline varies. just because a set of people have it better doesn't mean we have it good.
0: Yeah. If this week has taught us anything, Chris, is that no... People of colour do not have it good at all. The amount of videos and tweets and everything that's coming out, and you are seeing the abuse that they are getting on a regular basis just because of the colour of mm-hmm. their skin. No, they exactly. are not getting it better for fuck's sake, you absolute fucking moron.
1: Right, so very quickly, I want to point out, it's another wrestling creator actually because Tyler and Williams on YouTube. And made a video after Chris Jericho tweeted "All Lives Matter." No, he commented it on an Instagram post. It was something like that, and then he and then he went over um, like an altercation you had with the police and said, we were perfectly cardio, but I was scared for my life and I shouldn't have been. But that's what it's like being a black man in America. And it's like, yeah, well, it amazes me how people just minimize people's experience and like just statistics and like we don't have solid statistics everyone's like oh show solid statistics the police um a lot of states allow for burning of police records so like every time something like this comes up we just burn the records like, well I, and i don't want this to be a political podcast but like just no i if you come up come up and go well all lives matter i don't respect your opinion
0: the thing is and we put at the start of a podcast our stance on this. We we stand with, we stand with you. We we can't understand any of your suffering because we don't have yeah. it as two, with, three white men we're that do a podcast.
1: Yeah, we're, we're too incredibly white to understand, but like we empath, we empathise, and like we don't, we definitely believe.
0: Yeah, we stand with you. The thing is, there's two things that really wind me up now. Yes, people are saying all lives matter. Yes, you're absolutely right. But the tweets that I saw sums this up perfectly. Yes, all lives matter. But when you call out the fucking fire brigade, you ask them to target the house that's on fire. Not every fucking one on the street.
1: You know what it is? It's like it's like if someone broke their leg and you turn to the other and you turn to like on your onion. Like and you rush down to make sure the dude's okay, and there's one of the guy in the room, and he turned to the guy in the room and go, "Hey, call the ambulance," and he's just there with his arm crossed, going, "Well, what about my legs?"
0: Yeah, it's again. We put something at the start of the podcast that show you know we have nothing but support.
1: Didn't uh, didn't we ever forgotten sons um, denounce this?
0: Yeah, uh, Blake and uh, Cutler have both come out with different things saying that they support the, Black, the Black Lives way. Movement. Um. It it's yeah. Admittedly the one from two thousand and nineteen being dredged up now, um make bad timing. It is bad timing, but it's still not a good it's not a good thing to put on Facebook.
1: It's not long enough for me to believe that he's changed his views, especially when he saw um a million people posting what we did on Tuesday and then went, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna retweet Donald Trump and also I'm going to push my wrestling Gimmick, which is being oppressed.
0: <laughs> Let's not lose sight of the fact here that a man lost his life needlessly. And that needs to be the underlying thing. A man lost his life for what? For no reason. For no earthly reason. And this... its It's blindness. It's complete blindness. It's turning the other cheek to a comical degree. You know, why, of all the things that have been said this week, why on earth would you retweet the president this week and try and get over your shit-ass catchphrase? You aren't even in ring, Jackson Riker. You are the person on the outside that no one gives a fucking shit about.
1: Yeah, you don't even cut from right. I I wanna try to draw an underline here because otherwise we will just be angrily ranting about this. I'm not, and rightfully so, but this isn't what this podcast is, so I'm gonna try and draw a line under it here. And just say our stance here is fuck Riker and fuck Trump and we support Black Lives Matter. I think, um I might be wrong, but Rob's put in info of how to um donate in either the description or in our Twitter... like somewhere. I'm not sure where I don't handle that shit.
0: It's in the description
1: for the podcast. Okay, cool. And from where to donate is there.
0: Yeah. If you can do, we understand if you can. Okay, let's
1: move on, because otherwise we'll be mad for the whole podcast.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we move on then to some news from Bushi Road, who are the company that own both New Japan and World Wondering Stardom. Some good news coming out of Japan when they lifted the state of emergency. Um... A couple of weeks ago, Harold May obviously gave that roadmap of what life was going to look like for New Japan going forward. Um, he said that obviously the first thing that would need to go would be the state of emergency, and then some other factors would have to be put in place and other criteria would have to be met, and then we could start looking at empty arena shows and things like that. Uh, Bushiroad, um released a statement on June 3rd. This is what it read. Bushi Road Limited has concealed and postponed many events from February in consideration of the situation of new coronavirus infection. With the cancellation of the emergency declaration, we have decided to restart live events such as professional wrestling, stage performances and live music performances, and we have decided to carry out antibody tests for all athletes and performers for safety and security. We will inform you. For all live events, such as New Japan Pro Wrestling performances, Stardom performances, theatrical group airship performances, and Bushiroad Music Live performances, a doctor will perform an antibody test in advance for all players and performers, as well as staff members who are closely related. Um, So, the first thing that I'm going to say about that is that... Um, The antibody test, the antibody test is a test for if you have had the coronavirus, not if you currently have it. So, again, I don't really know what I i expected a little bit more from uh Bushi Road, especially as New Japan have been the company to sort of go, no, we are not coming back till everything is sorted. Um but on a more positive note, it does look like very, very soon um dates being banded about are oh, the start of July, we could very, very realistically be getting New Japan and stardom events without crowds, more than likely, for a while before we then go to half capacity. Um, what we aren't getting, though, Chris, is Dominion, which has uh, quietly been taken off the New Japan calendar.
1: Yeah, I saw hope from, like, in New Japan group Zoom this morning that that would go ahead. I'm looking back going, was how cautious Bushi would have been. Um, I don't see that going ahead. Although I do agree with you. Like, I'm surprised they're not going... I don't know anything about Corona testing, but, like, just from... The limited, but I know that seems weirdly out of character. The Bushy Road, maybe they can get the tests they want. I'm not sure,
0: but yeah, that does seem I don't know how it character. works, Chris. I honestly don't know how it works. It yeah, that's I'm- that's I know that's what it does because I looked into it and I listened to podcasts that said this is what it does. Um, but I, I if they're running empty arena shows, that might well be enough. I don't know,
1: yeah. Um, to be honest with that as long as they're not putting any any at-risk person on there. So essentially, as long as Yuji Nagata's not on the card, we're fine. Um, Although, I wouldn't want to be the virus going up against Nagata. Jesus, quite. But yeah, like, a lot of what we heard here was sort of in line with what we've gone forward with. It's like, yeah, just lifting the state of emergency in Tokyo isn't enough. We're going to look into it, and then we're going to decide what we're going to do going forward. That's been what Bushiro has been doing, and they can afford to do so, so... I'm kind of happy they're taking that sort of ethical route for the like we're doing what's probably best for like their staff, which is unbelievably commendable in <laughs> given what other wrestling companies have been doing
0: yeah absolutely
1: um again,
0: it's looking what this hopefully this means we are getting the g one climax all Japan have already rearranged their champion carnival with just Japanese talent um so it's looking like that could potentially be the same because that's taking place in september i believe so the g1 climax is slated for october i imagine it's going to be roughly the same thing um you know having a g1 is better than no g1 at all however it does mean people like uh, zach sabre jr will osprey won't be in this year's tournament also it's worth noting that Hiromi Takahashi. Uh, mentioned about potentially having um, the best of the super juniors and the g1 climax going at the same time now you would be forgiven for just thinking that's hiromu takahashi being hiromu takahashi however
1: Honestly, let's do this over time we do mention shit like this
0: in interviews just in the hope that someone in their company is listening well just to give you like, some sh- kind of Just to give you some kind of context there, the last time this was done was Naito throwing out the idea of the double championship. And
1: also Osprey going heavyweight. So there is precedent.
0: 100%. But
1: but also, it's a wrestler in an interview, so we just don't know for sure. If it is both Champions Carnival, um, Best of Super Juniors, and G1 going on all in like. To September, October time. Jesus Christ.
0: And this is without confirmation at the moment as to whether Stardom's five star Grand Prix will be taking place or whether that'll be pushed back. So we could potentially be having four tournaments all at once, Chris. All round robin tournaments. All round robin tour. Jesus Christ, mate. We'll we'll have gone from no wrestling to instantly too much wrestling.
1: Like, I've and right now, like I'm pretty sure we're all doing a little rewatch projects. go check out the Young Lion cast. Um but yeah, it's gonna go from like grasping at straws for wrestling. I mean I watched fucking NXT twice this week. And then um <laughs> to all the wrestling. And I'm not quite sure my body can take that, Rob.
0: Uh no. Um the only thing that I'm thinking about the um the best of Super Juniors and the G1 climax taking place at the same time. If it's still um, a case of empty arena shows, fine. Then obviously that's going to be fine. And with New Japan World, excellent. The only thing I'm thinking is, if by that point we are having crowds, half capacity or not, are they then going to struggle getting people to both the best of the Super Juniors and G1 Climax? Because the people that want to go to the G1 Climax are the same people who will want to go to the best of the Super Juniors. And in... In direct competition with each other, I think both me and you and will agree, you're going to watch the G1 Climax.
1: Yeah, and basically what you're going to do, you're going to watch the Takahashi matches and the Super Juniors and then jump right onto the G1. I have a suggestion for this one. Okay. Um, In the 90s, the J-Crown tournament happened next to the G1. So essentially it would be like a single elimination happening alongside a round robin. So, like, like, you're going to have to have a smaller G1 field anyway because otherwise you're going to have Tenzan in there and nobody wants that, not even Tenzan. So, just have that and then, like, have four matches and then have one match from the single elimination tournament on each. Well, field.
0: the chances are, Chris, while was what The way I thought that they could do it is potentially... The way they used to do the, do the G1 is it used to all be G1 matches every night. Um, mm. So... I mean, I think you're probably right that the G1 field, if they if it goes ahead, the G1 field is going to have to be condensed because there'll be no Osprey, there'll be no Zack Sabre Jr., there'll be no Moxley. Jeff Cobb, there'll be no Moxley, um, there's no Lance Juice. Archer. Juice lives um, in Japan, so it's fine. Is he? I thought
1: he was in England right now. No, it's it. Tony, Storm. Tony Storm just put up a photo on
0: um, Instagram. I think that's from before. I'm sure Juice Robinson lives in Japan. Does he? Okay. I'm sure he does. But there, there straight away... That is five members of the roster that won't be in. So you can assume that Suzuki will take one of the places. Um, presumably, much as we both hate it, Yoshihashi will take one of the places.
1: I'm fine with Yoshihashi. He's acting like 2017 Yoshihashi. He hit He hit well.
0: So, yeah, it will probably be a short field. The chances are, I mean, the best of the Super Juniors has been hit even worse because they're not going to be able to get any of the CMLL talent. Um, yeah,
1: not the Ring of Honor talent. Because that's a very... Um foreign heavy tour. Like that's I think that's the most foreign heavy heavy tour on the I think with something mad, like forty percent of the people on that tour weren't New Japan contractors.
0: Yeah. So I mean potentially what you could do is you could just eliminate the six man tags at the start of the G one and just throw some best of Super Junior matches on.
1: I guess, but that would be tiring.
0: (laughs) It would be tiring, but with shorter, with smaller fields, because the best of super juniors, you are going to have to do smaller fields. I
1: think. I think the best thing you can do is turn with super juniors into like a
0: um, impromptu Jacob single elimination.
1: Yeah, like do that, and then bringing guys from Noah
0: or Japan and Dragon Gate just to
1: fill out the field, and then have like that. Because honestly, I think that would be a lot less tiring than having two, even like two blocks, um, four blocks of. Six. I think even like once you win elimination and two blocks of um eight will be less tiring because Jesus Christ, the G one is already hard enough.
0: Yeah, I think if they were to sac they'd sacrifice the best of the Super Juniors over the G one, absolutely, but you look at the best of the Super Juniors, we talked about who they were missing out of the G one climax, you're missing um all of the CMLL talent, all of the Ring of Honor talent, as well, well as Osprey, Shingo. And-
1: um and I fucking who else is missing? Cause someone left in my my
0: imagining things. No, I'm not I am. I am imagining things. I'm thinking of the G1. Never mind, continue. So yeah, we'll we'll wait and see where this pans out. Um it's exciting times for fans of Japanese wrestling, hopefully soon. And when the time is right, we will be getting Japanese I'm wrestling watching, on our screens again. Have you watched any
1: of the MT Arena stuff from like all oh Japan and D? Well I know you don't care about D, but like all oh Japan.
0: Oh Noah, uh, I haven't. I'll be I'll be perfectly honest with everything else, and obviously with work kicking back in, I I just haven't had time.
1: Um, it's been all right actually, apart from someone fucking hoodwinked me. Um, several people actually told me that um the Noah main event like last month um was great um the key defense against the big guy who I keep forgetting the name of Flumita.
0: Yeah, I
1: and mean, we stared at each other
0: for half a fucking hour. Honestly, guys, I wish you could have seen the WhatsApp feed of Chris going, they're still, stu- they're still staring at each other and there's two minutes gone, four minutes gone. And I, I genuinely didn't have the heart to tell him that it went on for another half an no, hour.
1: You told me when it went to like 15 minutes, it's like, yeah, we're just staring at each other for 35 minutes. I'm like, fuck you. You waited <laughs> 15 minutes.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, never mind. Anyway, moving on from Japan. Uh, let's go on to some impact wrestling news um before we get into the big impact news of this week um interesting to know that me and garth a couple of weeks ago on this week in wrestling spoke about the virtual basement game which for those who haven't seen it uh looks really really ambitious and really really good (laughs) sorry what is this uh virtual basement is um they're developing a wrestling game at the moment um basically that's they're giving contracts to all these independent wrestlers to have their licenses in the game. And they've released screenshots and they look absolutely incredible. They're, you know, they're trying to put as many, trying to make this the most customizable game and, you know, make it the best game they possibly can. And they contracted a load of Impact talent and a load of Ring of Honor talent. Unfortunately, as of the 3rd of June, um, Impact have sent a memo round to block all of their talent taking place. So at the moment, just to give you some indication of who is actually signed for this game, uh, you've got Ken Shamrock, uh, Matt Taven, Brian Pillman Jr., Matt Seidel, Brian Cage, Leo Rush, Eli Drake, um, all and many, many more. I think uh, Tay Conti, who's just been uh, released from NXT, she's now been given a contract for this game. Unfortunately, Like I said, Impact have uh, pulled all of their entire roster from this game. Uh, Nothing else has been announced as to why this is happening. Um, It just said that a memo went out to all Impact talent to say that basically asking them to refuse to be in the game, even if they had already agreed, which a massive, massive amount already had.
1: But such like an old-school TNA move, and
0: I thought Impact is better than that now. Well... it does It does beg the question as to whether our impact producing their own video game, but I, I highly I, doubt that.
1: Also begs the question of like, who the fuck would give them a video game deal.
0: Well, this sort of brings me to my next point. There's been a lack of buzz at the moment around Impact Wrestling. There's been a lack of buzz about wrestling full stop to be perfectly honest, but Impact especially. And um, there's been... Something released on Tuesday and Wednesday, um, a teaser trailer that aired on Impact Wrestling for their Slammiversary show, Slammiversary 2020, which will air on July 18th. And why this was so important is that on this short teaser trailer, you have a man who is drinking a glass of whiskey and watching a TV screen with words, you're fired on the screen, and it fires through a load of images. Uh, some of these images are on the screen for longer than others. Some of them are literally blink and you'll miss it. However, some yep. lovely, lovely person has screenshotted all of these little teases. Um, Ooh, can
1: I quickly remember them all? Go on then. Okay, so there was a Bulgarian flag for Rusev, obviously. Um, just a straight up screenshot of EC3. Um, same with the Good Brothers. Same with Eric Young, but he was another blink and you'll miss it. Um there was also one for Oh fuck, who was it?
0: Michael Maria. Oh crap it again? Michael Maria, Maria yeah. yeah. And Drake um, Maverick.
1: Yeah, we we'll get on to him. <laughs>
0: Now, the thing I wanted to ask you, Chris, of all those people, I mean, the massive, massive implications of this are that one or more of these talent, as well as Kurt Hawkins, that was the one we forgot. Um, oh, Hawkins, yeah. Of all of these people, right? They're saying that some of these will appear at Slamiversary. Mm. Of all of these talent, I mean, these are the top tier, the cream of the crop of those releases.
1: And, well, also Diana Parado, but, like, she's already debuted, hasn't she,
0: so, Well, there's video packages. I don't know if she debuted. There was a video package announcing that she'd signed.
1: Apparently she was out the tapings, so.
0: Of those members of the roster that, you know, those however many people that they teased, how many do you actually see realistically going to Impact Wrestling? Um,
1: that's a hard one because um, like with the Good Brothers we've been like, oh obviously we're going straight back to um New Japan but like two things stop that. One, neither me or you can really place a good place for him. Like Bullet Club seems natural but they're still right now, basically. Like we have a sign up saying no homers. And um so like TNA would be a good rest up. Um Mike and Maria, is it how easy is it to get a fucking babysitter?
0: at this time. Well, yeah, get... that's a good
1: point. Um, Yeah, so like, I don't know. like, I, I said it as soon as Garth was raving about it, because you know what he, like, every time Impact gets any kind of buzz. And I was just like, what should be Tito Ortiz? Because <laughs> that's what I'm expecting. That's fully what I'm expecting.
0: It, w- it would be a proper kick in the teeth, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, like it was with August 1 warning.
0: TNA. I'm I'm fully expecting, because from the releases, um, the actual date that the 90-day non-compete clause runs out is the 18th of July, the day of Slammiversary. <laughs> so l- legally, any member of this roster or any member of sorry of these releases could actually go to Impact. I honestly do not expect Rusev to go there.
1: Nor do I. Nor do I. I don't know why. If I was Rusev, I don't know where I'd go, to be honest.
0: I 100% expect EC3 to debut an yeah. Impact. Or redebut an well, Impact.
1: He was great in Impact. I miss, like, good EC3. Which we even got for, like, a spell in NXT. And then they stopped for some reason.
0: If you follow him on Instagram, you've seen that he is jacked. jacked. Oh my god.
1: Like the seventies porno facial hair going on.
0: Yeah. He looks incredible. And this character he's, thing he's, he's doing like, looks quite engaging. So yeah. He's
1: about to he looks like he's about to fix your plumbing, if you know what we mean.
0: <laughs> um <laughs> I can see him debuting at the end of the title match being the big reveal challenge in the champion. Um it wouldn't surprise me if Eric Young redebuted in Impact.
1: Yeah, um, Eric Young had a weird time in Impact. Um, he went from basically being Eugene to being Daniel Bryan
0: to being a mini Bram. To being a superhero to being the women's champion.
1: Oh, no, those were like rest ups in between. They were like side
0: quests. <laughs> I am right in thinking that Eric Young was the Impact women's champion. Yeah, he was. That's he was, all right that then. Training. <laughs> yeah,
1: and then it got and then like finally after like half a year of it, someone was like, My way, Eric Young, you're stripped of the championship. Obviously you are.
0: I d I I don't know about Kurt Hawkins. Obviously we know the answer to Drake Mavic already, we'll get into that in a moment. Um The club is the one I'm not sure about because even if they do go back to New Japan and I still fully expect them to go back to New Japan, I st- I think that the bully club would open them with welcome arms. I don't think that'd be an issue. Um I do think that they could have some manner of deal where they are allowed to appear in America and yeah, impact also, would be perfect yeah. for that.
1: How realistic is Japan for them for the rest of the year? They need to do something.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So they could debut here, you know, take out whoever the impact tag team champions. Is it still the North? The North. Is it still the North? No, North. The North um, great. Oh yeah. They're brilliant. Um, I th- I've, You know, they could debut there, attack the tag champs. So, I do ex Mike Kanellis, I w- I'd expect him really Ring of Honor.
1: You say that? He was a big thing in
0: TNA. He was, but, you know, he had the whole Kingdom think- thing with Taven. It just, it makes sense to yeah, go about there. But,
1: like, in Ring of Honor, the Kingdom, from what I understand, I don't watch Ring of Honor because I find it dull as pig shit, but... um. Back, the whole kingdom thing's falling apart right now. And like he's in a feud with the rest of the kingdom is Taven?
0: I knew he was in a feud with Vinny Marcellier at one point. Yeah, I think he still is. <laughs> well, fair enough. Um, so yeah, interesting times. And I think it's, it's a good hook to get people watching that pay-per-view. I do think even though it was only a blink and you'll miss it thing, people will watch that pay-per-view.
1: I'm going to watch Slamiversary now, mostly because the I was wrestling to watch right now.
0: But still, that's a good point. Well, you say that, Chris. I'm glad you brought that up. So, uh, at the moment, Florida is in a very weird place in their coronavirus sort of battle. Um, they're part of, or somewhere in the country recently um, announced the highest amount of infections that they'd had. But on the flip side, they are testing they a- more.
1: Uh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm about ruining my joke, really, because I'm like, they may have the most cases, but also, they have the most wrestling cases.
0: <laughs> No, they they are... Um, they do more testing, so obviously they're going to find more infection. Almost, I think it's 64 out of the 67... count. Uh, not count, I think it's counties. I don't know why it's split into. Um, are into phase two of their reopening after coronavirus, and they are laying out a roadmap where... Um, entertainment venues are allowed half capacity. So you're looking at AEW and WWE, who are at the moment obviously based in Florida, and there is a very, very real possibility that, A, AEW tapings, things like Daily's Place, could quite legitimately have a crowd, and so could the Performance Center. And then it also means that we could quite happily be looking at... Um, SummerSlam with a crowd it's a very real thing to be looking at and I think that's exciting for any wrestling fan yeah um,
1: I'd be more excited if Florida had a better policy up until now
0: <laughs> well there is that, say what you want about that they have um, they've kept us going with wrestling so I suppose we can't complain too much I guess, yeah, who cares about the residents of Florida? <laughs> um, <I'm legit. laughs> anyway, um, also, just quickly to tag on to the end of um, the Florida news, um, they announced on Dynamite on Wednesday that Fighter Fest 2020, the uh, show that was originally meant to be in London, England, forksake Corona. We've been, we have been robbed of another wrestle road trip. Fucking gar- I could have went down to Newcastle, met
1: Garth, we pick Rob up down in Stoke, all the way to London, boys listening to indie music, because Rob sure as hell not picking the music in the gar
0: <laughs> yeah. all the way down. It's amazing. It's a, it's a shame, but we are getting it and it's not going to be on pay-per-view. It is instead going to be a two-night affair with all the titles on the line and we are going to have <laughs> The, all three of them. <laughs> all four of them. Um, we are going to have night one on July 1st, the July 1st episode of Dynamite, and the second on the July 8th episode of Dynamite. But they are going to basically be their pay-per-view shows. They're just giving it to us for free, which is quite nice. And they're bringing it to like TNT. What did when we,
1: like we Impact impacted when we were unable to afford pay-per-view.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, so far, the only announced matches are... Um John Moxley versus Brian Cage for the AEW World Championship and then Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus the best friends for the tag team championships. That's not an awful card. I'm
1: a bit apprehensive about what we'll do with Cage and Moxley, but I was the same with um Lee and Moxley, but also Cage I know Cage is more of an aura than Lee does. We're we're a bit out right now, so like I guess we can give them time. I don't know. I'm not sure how to feel about it right now. But tag match should be great. But tag match, actually, the tag division is consistently my favorite thing about AEW. So
0: I think you've got to remember as well, Chris. We have got just under a month to build to that. So yeah, there's Mike, more than enough time. I, I,
1: it's why I'm not. I I don't have any. Thoughts positive or negative yet? I want to see how the story goes before I get my proper tune in next week, essentially.
0: <laughs> um, moving on from AW, let's talk about NXT. Obviously, they've got their big NXT Takeover in Your House show this weekend. Um, and it's been an interesting time on TV. We have a new NXT Cruiserweight Champion, which we'll talk about in a minute because it directly brings up another point. Um, but Chris. I want to give you time to talk about uh, the cage match between Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher uh, with Kurt Angle, who they suspiciously unfired.
1: Um, Not just that, he added nothing.
0: (laughs) I don't really understand why he was the guest ref. I assume to bring more eyes to it.
1: Yeah, no, because NXT are definitely rating, but they're getting a bit better about. You know how before they'd have like a million different invasion angles? Like we were in the midst of like the second UK invasion angle. Before um, Corona happened. And then Corona happened, they dropped them. They're like, oh fuck, we're going to have to tell actual stories. So at that point, I'm like, sure, I'll check them out. And you know what? These last two weeks of TV have been decent. Like, they're not um, 2014, 2015 um, NXT, but they've still been good. And that cage match, which you asked me to talk about, um, is my WWE match of the year so far.
0: Okay, so good. I've I've heard very very good things about it.
1: Right, so you know how essentially my wrestling king is when um they fight like they're actually fighting.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So like they did like even when in like for example just to sort of illustrate what I'm gonna say for the rest of this, um, Thatcher had Riddle in a sleeper hold and Riddle tried to uh, um use the cage for for to leverage over. Like and he kept going for it until he just couldn't. That's what sort of match this is. Nothing is contrived because, of course, it's not. It's Timothy Thatcher. Um, this match would, if it doesn't make Timothy Thatcher a star, I do not understand wrestling fans. Um, both men just throw their heart out. People legitimately believed that um, Thatcher lost teeth from this, which was beautiful. Um, just yeah, it's so good. I can't think of any. Match in WWE will even come close this year. Maybe a couple of the Bryan matches, because he's amazing, obviously. But like I, I said it in the chat, if anything on any takeover this year comes close to this, I'll be surprised.
0: Yeah, I mean we are we are gonna um, we are gonna preview and give our official predictions for NXT Takeover uh, in your house. Of the matches on that card, I would be very very surprised if anything tops that. Time I, match from what you've said.
2: Just like you guys,
1: This has been one of the biggest team. stories on NXT. Like, this is what I've been hearing about, and this is what got me interested in, like, given the weekly show a go again. So, like, I'm surprised this wasn't on TakeOver, especially given one of the matches on TakeOver.
0: Well, I wonder, and I said this to you um, not long ago, I wonder if it's because Matt Riddle is going to debut on SmackDown this Friday.
1: I guess, but it hasn't stopped them before. Like, Owens was on... Um, like two takeovers after he debuted um, Balor was kind of the same um, I'm trying to think of other examples but like I don't watch WWE um, Nakamura I think was also on take takeover afterwards like they always have about like about one last takeover and we just not let them have it and they easily could because they're cheating them in the same place I don't know but what I will say is I'm surprised there's no tag team match um, on this show because although uh, also right now the tag division is a clusterfuck because like for the past few weeks we've been building up like Birch and Lurkin as like these challenges because they're like oh we're having such good chemistry Um they are trying to weave back into the story but you know who there was also but also there was a um, number one contenders match on um, this week Rob it was um, Birch and Lurkin undisputed era. And um Breeze Guess who won?
0: Oh not Breeze
1: It was Breeze So like the <sighs> video packages for Birch and Lurkin and like the little teasers in matches for Birch and Lurkin for the last like month or so out the window. <laughs> who got <laughs> who got butt-head? pinned? Um and B- Oh well Hardy. that's that's alright then. Yeah, that's fine, but still.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that's not good. Oh Jesus!
1: Like the story was there, Everyone, like Imperium were in the building that night, literal. So, like, obviously we're in the United States. Just have Birch and Lurkin win that match instead of a match for Takeover because we have a useless six man on Takeover on Takeover. So you can't tell me you can, couldn't either add that match to Takeover because this clearly isn't a uh, traditional Takeover. Or you could cut the some. You could cut something on here. Oh yeah like know, you absolutely been... could ball Ballard and priest could definitely be moved to the pre because, like we it's only been built in video packages on um n x t in the last two weeks, so
0: mm.
1: it wasn't even like mentioned on n x t this week
0: no um so obviously one of the big things going on in n x t at the moment is the quest for a new cruiserweight champion um and <sighs> Basically, we had a mini Best of the Super Juniors round-robin tournament with the final taking place this week. Now, it is important to note that one of the people in this final was recently released, Drake Maverick. Maverick. Um, So, the match took place between El del Fantasmo and Drake Maverick. And I'll let you talk about it. Well,
1: there's not much to talk about. It was just a solid TV main event. Phantasma was um Phantasma sorry was obviously the heel. Um Maverick was obviously the valiant babyface Good at selling. Um he was um Phantasma was King Cuerno in um Lucha Underground, so therefore has the best suicide drive in the business. Although wanna know something that's funny I saw him, Finn Balor's um not Finn Balor, uh Jordan Devlin's Instagram.
0: Oh god, what? Go on.
1: Um, Jordan Devlin posted a photo of him with the championship going the one true three weight champion. And then Flash Morgan and Webster um commented, um that's not what Regal said, and then um Devlin just um replied, I'll chin Re- Regal. <laughs> I would love to see that to be fair. I love Devlin. I love Devlin so much. I kind of think I, I, I somewhat understand but kinda of think it's shitty that he's been stripped. But still. Um, Phantasma will be um Maverick, and then Maverick's doing the thing where he's crying. He's like, Oh my god, I've lost my job for the second time in two months. And then he got offered a contract like Cedric Alexander in the cruiserweight classic, and that's what we we're about to talk about because that is such a shitty storyline. Sorry, continue.
0: <laughs> no, not at all. It, it so what you've got two ways okay, of looking so... at this. You've got two ways right. of looking at this.
1: storyline was, so Maverick was released, what, um, two months ago now, in that big Wednesday perch, and obviously we've ranted about how unethical that was on several occasions. Maverick um, was already signed for this tournament, so it's was like, right, can you just fulfill these dates, we'll pay you, and he's probably like, yeah, sure, because it's not like I have a fucking job to go to. Um and then like through the course of like his Twitter video going viral, basically. They were like, Okay, he's hot now, we're gonna rehire him. Um and yeah, and we're trying to put it forward of, oh, he lost his job, but he scrapped and clawed his way back into his job and I'm sort of like there were ethical ways to go like for example, this was just sort of independent of all the shit. If he to put this on ice Somehow like I understand like it was born out of circumstance, but like it, the storyline was say put on ice. And then like you had a um the same tournament going into say twenty twenty one when things are somewhat back to normal and you're like um and you release a different thing going, um Drake Mag- Maverick released by WWE. Um and then you can just say well these shows were taped or whatever and like going forwards and same storyline plays out, that would be like a great little redemption arc and we'll get Drake Ma- Maverick over. Here you're essentially going All oh, these half dozen people were released and Drake Maverick had the initiative of crying on Twitter because his dream got, just got wrenched away from him and like, I'm not being funny. Um, you look at all these people who lost their jobs, so like the Canalys who have family um, same with Ryder, same with Hawkins. Um, you look at um again, same with Gallo, same with Anderson, but they had like an obvious destination. Um, Rusev, who was a sweetheart, and offered his I think it was he offered his last paycheck to those released. Um Diana Perazzo, who just didn't have a job like all these people who lost their jobs and like it's too numerous to name. And like Glantstorm closed down his skill and like oh he scratched in Claude. It's like no fuckers, you had no one else to put in this tournament. You picked one guy he happened to get over and you thought, we'll capitalise on it. And so, essentially, they cashed in on Ben saving money that we didn't need to save because they're on record for um, record profits. It's it's great. WWE are a really ethical company. I am so happy that I don't pay to watch their products.
0: Voice of Wrestling sum this up perfectly with the following tweet. So, They either worked a firing during a pandemic while legitimately firing other people, or they legit fired a man during a pandemic, then had him wrestling without a contract that culminated in him getting his job back for real. I can't figure out which is more heartless. Me neither. That's that's the perfect epitomization of this feud.
1: If this feud happened in literally any other context, I would think... This is this is a great little redemption act. This is a great way to get Drake Magrav over because that's what he's always been—Roxas Spud. He's that un- he's that like plucky little underdog. Again, any other context, any other context, and I hate that it's been
0: born out of dozens, literally dozens of people losing their jobs. That's the thing. I think you are absolutely 100% correct. It's. It's uh, on a wider scale. Do you remember when the brand split happened and you had Heath Slater fighting for the contract, then he won the tag titles?
1: It's that that exact storyline, and Heath Slater got over.
0: But it was with that, you know, this was on a much bigger scale, and obviously then you had it was all shrouded in all of these legitimate firings. And you've got to wonder, You've got. it depends what side of the line you fall on. Do you think Rock's, um, Drake Maverick was actually released or do you think this was an entire work? And if it's an entire work, how poor a taste is that to do that whilst legitimately offloading like, dozens of people?
1: We should be very clear. We're so happy with Drake Maverick, because this is Drake Maverick's dream, like being... Uh, oh, being- God, the- Yes. Like, we're so happy for Drake Maverick. We are pissed off at WWE for using legitimate firings and capitalizing on someone getting over. Because, like, don't get anything wrong. WWE didn't get Maverick over. Maverick crying over getting fired is what got Maverick over.
0: And I just want to clarify that or quantify what Chris has just said. We are not saying that Drake Maverick cried in order to get over, that was legitimate emotion.
1: that's not acting. That's definitely not acting. And if it is, give the man a fucking Grammy.
0: I, Chris, there's no way the man faked that. That was legitimate emotion in the wake, in the face of having his dream shattered in front of him. And then to do that to him and then have him wrestle because, and in air quotation marks, he'd already been booked on the shows. Take him out of the tournament <clears> then
1: yeah it's not like you didn't have like look at that um audience, you had plenty of people under the two or five pounds you could have just thrown in there, you know what I mean, and the best way I can put it this is the best storyline that I hate.
0: I'm gonna sign this-, this off, Chris, by saying the exact same thing you said, and that what, is it's
1: the best storyline, but you-
0: no, by saying, thank God. That Drake Maverick stars a job, and Drake Maverick has this job. He's going to work in NXT, and he's going to be continue to be massively over. But so in the, bad, yeah, in the wake of everything that went on, there was something extremely unethical going on here, and you basically need to work out which side you believe. Whether you think it was legit or whether you think it was a work, either way, either it's, way. Not <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair.
1: Speaking shall of. We get on, shall sp- we get Take over,
0: man. not quite mate not quite oh. because speaking okay. of hugely unethical at the moment on Smackdown we are enjoying a lovely storyline oh. involving yes. Jeff Hardy so at the start yes. of Smackdown on Friday um, Elias was hit by an air pit and run basically and the implication was that Jeff Hardy had hit him whilst drunk driving um building on obviously his prior struggles with substances and with drink and whatever um i'm just going to say before i throw to chris because i imagine we have the exact same opinion of this i hate this storyline i hated when they did it with jake the snake roberts and i hate it now playing on someone's demons is not okay and has never been okay. If Jeff's okay, this, fine. I still hate it. We are taking advantage of a man who has openly struggled on TV. I mean, Victory Road 2011, for God's sake. I mean, that man has had issues and is struggling with them to this day. And it's just, it's scummy, it's in bad taste, and I hate it. Are you telling me that there is no other way... To get Jeff Hardy, one of the most iconic wrestlers of the Attitude Era and the Ruthless Aggression Era, you're telling me there's no other way to get him over than to utilise his drink and drug problem. No, bollocks. Absolute bollocks. I completely understand you wanting to get real-world stuff into your product and real-world grit into your storylines. This is wank. Don't do it.
1: Yeah, Um, this has never worked well. You look at the history of people's personal demons being brought, like, don't get me wrong, it can be utilised in storyline to be effective. It's happened twice with Jeff Hardy, actually. Look at the Samoa Joe feud, look at the TM Punk feud. Don't, but, like, that's them mentioning it and Hardy going, yeah, that's not me now. Whereas this is, like, Hardy pretending to be an addict for TV when he's been an addict, like I'm trying to like Scott Hall in WCW Jake Roberts in um, WWF Hawk in WWF you know what all these three storylines have in common they all based on relapsed and relapses and oh boy did all three people have relapses and I don't care if Jeff Hardy thinks it's behind him he said that so many times and it and that hasn't been the case, and that's not an indictment on Jeff Hardy. That's just reality. And I'm sorry, Jeff Hardy signing off on this, that's not an excuse. You're, this is a company who has fired people for less and then made documentaries about how they're hard to work with. Yeah. So I'm not being funny. If your whole thing is, well, um, Jeff Hardy must have um, signed off on it. This is a company who has done a lot worse to people for a
0: lot less. Last thing then, before we move on to the NXT TakeOver In Your House predictions, the official Pomania predictions. Um, I just want to quickly get your thoughts, Chris. Uh, I know you're not currently a WWE Network subscriber and probably will never be again, but um, obviously this week the WWE have finally put the wheels in motion of the tiered level of the WWE network. Um, it's It's been bandied about an idea that's been bandied about for years. Um we discussed this
1: last year, didn't we? Pardon? We discussed this last year because me and Gap had conflicting views on progress and ICW and Evolve being on the network.
0: Yeah, yeah, originally that was the idea, and I think that will probably still be the idea, if I'm perfectly honest, but we've got, at the moment, WWE have released plans for the free tier Of the WWE network, which will um, include all of the original programming done for the network and select takeover and reviews and current Raws and Smackdowns, which are uploaded, I think it's three weeks behind or four weeks behind. I can't quite remember. Um, For free, without having to pay anything, it's actually quite a good deal. Uh Ah. Um,.
1: I've seen that. It's like select pay-per-views, um, the weekly TVs on the Countback. I think that's what you get.
0: Yeah, it, I must admit, it doesn't seem bad. I mean, I, I do pay for the network and I do watch a lot of the retro stuff because that's my that's my jam. But I would be interested to see, to get all of the stuff, to get all of the stuff that we currently get for nine ninety nine a month, I will be very, very interested now to see what they're gonna hike the price up to because I remember when we talked about this last time, Chris, the price that was bandied about was fourteen ninety-nine a month.
1: Mm-hmm. Which hmm am about to also get um indie shows, wasn't it? And then like they we were gonna keep how it was it, um what you get currently at ten and then at five, you don't get live pay-per-views, but you get the back catalogue.
0: Yeah, I don't think you can watch pay-per-views live. I think you have to wait and stuff like that. But again to be honest, for the stuff that we get now, I think nine ninety nine is a steal. Anyway, if I'm perfectly honest, yeah, um,
1: but still, the team realize nice that um, they're paying nine ninety nine in America as well, so they're paying less.
0: Do you know what? I'd, again, I'm paying less than I should be. I don't. I don't particularly care. Um, I'd be very interested to see what they're going to put on top of this to make it the elite level of programming. Whether that is your progresses, your evolves, and things like that. Um, or whether it's just a case of them creating a shed load more content that only elite level tiers can access, oh, I don't know. They're
1: talking about that global expansion, maybe all of a sudden, as soon as the pandemic's over, they're like, oh, by the way, NXT India, NXT Japan, NXT Australia. We're killing all we've seen at once for you, we're amazing.
0: <laughs> I would be incredibly surprised if NXT Japan even happens. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I yeah, think Mount- we could have that. Okay.
1: Like, when you think Stardom basically jumped into bed with New Japan and Noah jumped into bed with DDT just to stop it
0: happening. Yeah, 100%. I'd be very, very surprised. But, yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep tabs on that because uh, that's an interesting developing story. Um, So, Chris, finally, let's move on to NXT TakeOver, the official Podmania predictions. Now, obviously, Garth isn't here, but he has sent a list of his predictions. So... Let's start. We'll start off with the match that's been added this week, the six-woman tag match. Uh, the teams are Mia Yim, Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox taking on Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Chris, who have you got and why do you have them?
1: I'm going to go with the heel team of LeRae, Kai and Gonzalez just because LeRae turned heel, what, a month ago in that awful Gagano Champa match. So, like, you'd be wasting a heel turn. And I understand I'm booking logically in WWE, but still, I don't want to waste um, lore's heel turn, so have her pick up a victory. I think that's why Blackheart's on the other team. Uh, it's weird. How, how much of Blackheart have you seen?
0: Uh, very little.
1: Okay, so she has to make it... She reminds me about Chris Statlander in the sense of... I, have, I imagine both you and Garth will hate her, but I love her.
0: Um, she reminds me very much of a Ruby Riot, who, let's face it, has been shat on on the main roster, so...
1: She comes to the ring in the little tank.
0: I have seen that. I've seen, pro- I've seen promos for her, but I've seen no in-ring stuff apart from the stuff that's um, she, referenced.
1: She had a feud with Shannon Baszler because she um, eliminated Shin-
0: um, Baszler in a battle royale. Oh, in that number one contendership battle royale? Yeah. Ah, okay. Um... I'm going for the exact same team for the exact same reason. I think they're putting a lot of uh, stall, not just in LeRae and her current face to uh, heel turn, sorry, but also in Dakota Kai as well. Um, I think Tegan Knox has got nothing but good things in her future. I think, you know, Shotzi Blackheart is something interesting. But I think, similar to you, there are two people in this match who are potential pin eaters, and that is Raquel Gonzalez and Shotzi Blackheart. Out of those two, who were... can afford to take the pinfall? Shotzi Blackheart.
1: Shotzi. Because um, Raquel, I feel like we're going for a sort of diesel
0: thing with her. That's exactly what I thought. They've got that very Shawn Michaels diesel sort vibe. Um, yeah,
1: in of of um, Garth, probably hates to go to guys.
0: Um Garth has also gone for the same of us, so we all agree for that six-woman tag. And watch, knowing us... Oh, well, no. Usually, we usually vote on the same, and then it's usually a really shit match like that that's the decider. Um, <laughs> but no, we've uh, we've all gone for the same thing here.
1: I like the matches everyone cares about. I think we're going for p- different
0: people. So, talking about matches we actually care about, let's go for Tommaso Ciampa versus Cross. Um, Singles match, I'm going to go first with this one, Chris, if you don't mind. That's fine.
1: Um,
0: I imagine... All three is it all three of us have got the same thing for this. Um I mean Tommaso Champer is great, and I have no doubt this match is going to be great. I think they've done a fantastic job building Carry and Cross as this absolute beast. Um his entrance is fucking fantastic. Go and check that out if you haven't already. Um Cross's first takeover match. There's not a chance. He's losing it. Plus, there are rumors flying about, and obviously Matt Riddle is the first, but there are the rumors that more NXT talent are heading up. Um I think Champa will be one of them. Um so I'm taking cross here. Um just before you say Chris, sorry, uh Garth unbelievably you might think uh has also gone for Karrion cross.
1: Um, I've also went for Cross. I'm loving Cross on NXT TV from the limited I've seen it him. It's which is essentially, he showed his eyes on the Titantron um, last week, and this week he ran out and back body dropped someone, um, like backdrop driver. And like I have an absolute hard on for the backdrop driver because like Cross actually drops people on his head, and I love it. Um, yeah, I'm going with Cross. Um, well, he's the new hot. Heel like Triple H is obviously really, really hot on him. I wouldn't be surprised if he's NXT champion, um, within the next year, to be honest.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Agree with you. It's amazing, though. So, like, rightfully so. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. Um, let's move on then. Let's move on to Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. Um, Chris, who have you got and why do you have them?
1: Um, I think been... I feel really weird about this match because. The video packages have been great, but neither man has been on TV. Okay. It's super weird, like so that a few weeks ago. Um basically priest cost Balor a match against Cameron Grimes. And quite frankly, if you want to humiliate someone, you have them lose to Cameron Grimes. Um Oh God.
0: <laughs> Just the <laughs> most generic name.
1: I know, like and I know, I don't know if you've seen much of Trevor Lee before, but I love Trevor Lee. He made it. But there was once a point in um, the, I'm lucky gas not here ever, if he would call me a mark in PWG where he was going up against Keith Lee and he tried to get out of it by going, look man, we're both Lees.
2: We amazing. Can work something.
1: Um, but yeah, so he lost to Cameron Grimes and then um, Balor basically went on um, his backstage promos, which are always amazing and he was like, um, you want to live forever, but you're not being very smart about it. Um, you come to the king's altar and you will bow down before I bury you. <laughs> um, I don't know who to go for. I don't know how I'm feeling about Priest right now. Um, I'm going to go for Bala just because I don't think we're going to have him lose until he gets that inevitable title shot.
0: Um, okay, I'm going to go for Damian Priest. Um I think he needs that big win. I think Balor is able to eat a loss. Um, Well, he did, to Cameron Grax. Well, yeah, exactly, with interference. I think think Balor is able to eat the pin here and still be over. I think they've done a good enough job of building him up. Um, I believe Balor has already had a title shot on NXT TV. Um, So I think they're going to cool off on that for a while. Um, I think Priest... He's a new talent. He hasn't been given a lot of chances yet. And I can't see if everyone on the NXT roster, I can't see why Damian Priest would be put in this match to lose. I think,
1: I literally think it's just because if we have Balor, why wouldn't we have him on a takeover? but also we have nowhere else to put Bala right now.
0: Well, in that case, Chris, and I don't, I don't want to be a dick about Damian Priest, you put him in a match against someone who's going to put on an amazing match with Finn Balor. I don't think Damian Priest is that person.
1: No, but like in terms of, in WWE terms, we don't give a fuck about a good match. We give a fuck about does this, this person look strong. And in WWE terms, being someone who's like six foot seven in a match makes Bala look strong. So, Okay. But uh- I can see- and actually, in storyline, because we were teasing, we were teasing Priest for Balor Club. Balor beats Priest and then goes, "If you want to live forever, join Balor Club." Boom! There's a finale figure in Balor Club. In Balor Club.
0: It would certainly be interesting, and that would certainly lead to a potential pay per view match where Balor actually goes for the championship. You know, on a big stage.
1: Oh, like even the tag belt, something a little different in the tag tag division, because quite frankly, Priest Angle is the number one contender.
0: Fuck your tag division. Well, you say that it's not like their tag division isn't strong. It's absolutely loaded.
1: Yeah, and then we were building up something really strong and flushed it down the toilet.
0: Well, they yeah, no- there is that. Um. Right. Let's move to the match for the NXT North American Championship with the champion Keith Lee taking on Johnny Gargano, uh, Goth thinks that Gargano is going to take it. Uh, Chris, who have you gone for and why?
1: Well, it's weird. Like Within storyline, like you know how sometimes there's like indications within storyline here, there's no indication of who might win. Um, they've been doing these weird like at-home with the Garganos, at-home with the um, Lees segments, and Keith Lee is just the low-key most charismatic man in the world. I think we would be stupid to take that championship off of him. And also, I'm sick of seeing Gargano championships or in like championship pictures. At this point, I want Gargano to fuck off. So I want Lee. I want Lee to win. So I'm going to predict Lee to win.
0: It's a shame, isn't it, that the man who was literally Mister NXT, we've now got to the point now where we are so sick of him because his his storyline has become that convoluted. And we spoke about this last week on the podcast, Chris. Just how it's impossible to invest in Gargano at the moment because you don't know what he's going to do one week to the next. They
1: seem to be set on him being heel, and if that's the case, I'm completely fine
0: with it. Because my
1: problem with Gargano hasn't been, um, oh, I'm bored with him. It's like, decide on something. Commit,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: It's it's not just um, his, his... I, I, some people just naturally can drift between heel and face and have it be that. Kevin Owens, just in WWE, the natural example of someone who can drift between baby face and um, heel depending on situation because his uh, motivation remains the same. I want to make the best um, life for my family and for me. Um, whereas with Gargano, it seems to change week to week. One week I want to be best friends with Champa, the next week I want to fuck we I don't like Gargano's storylines... Since the cold feud ended, to be honest, and honestly, the only reason I'm happy with him being heel is because it means the Johnny Gargano finish might stop being the Johnny Gargano finish, and I
0: hate that. Yeah, it is a very stereotypical finish now. Um, Yeah. I've gone for Lee for the exact same reason. Um, I do think at the moment that they are very high on Johnny Gargano, but...
1: What I mean not high on Johnny Gargano? In the past... Two, three years. When was the last time we weren't high on Johnny Gargano
0: down in NXT? No, I mean, I mean, the NXT uppers are high on Johnny Gargano. So, you know, they want to see him with a championship. However, if you take the championship off Keith Lee, the only reason you're taking the championship off Keith Lee is to put him in that main event picture. Because he is someone... You're looking at Adam Cole and there is only... <laughs> there's, there's literally... What maybe three people in NXT who are as charismatic as Adam Cole, and one of those is Keith Lee. So, the
1: other one, Oh, that's not good segue because we have to try to go fuck. I'm um, sorry, continue.
0: <laughs> I I don't think they'll take the championship off Keith Lee here yet. Um, I just I want them to commit to a Gargano storyline. I don't think they will. I'm I'm going Keith Lee. I'm uh, I'm relatively sat on that. Relatively. Um, So, let's go into the Women's Championship triple threat then uh, between Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. Uh, Just before you go, Chris, because I will let you go first, um, Garth has gone for Io Shirai.
1: Ah, I didn't read his predictions and the vote is going to be so different. I both went for Shirai. I think Shirai is going to pin Ripley because I think Flair was like a quick burst for ratings but hasn't worked. Now that hasn't worked, we're gonna just take her off the next day.
0: I agree with you one hundred percent on the fact that Charlotte is dropping the title. However, I think it will be completely the other way around.
1: I think Ripley's gonna have I should explain I think Ripley's gonna have an arc throughout the rest of the year where she reclaims the title and then goes on the dominant run.
0: Because they're gonna do sort of
1: like the Okada thing where like, oh, she was the inexperienced twenty three year old god, she's the same age as me. Um and then um have her chase the championship, lose a couple of times to EU, um, but have it be so close that when she wins it the third time, everyone's gonna be so happy. And then like Ri Rhea, um, Rhea's gonna win that championship in front of the crowd that's hot for it.
0: My only issue with that is that there is a rumour that one of the other main roster call-ups... Is he, for fuck's sake. ...is the Oshirai.
1: So essentially, I could be punished for not giving a fuck about WWE news.
0: Potentially. I mean, it's it's not widespread news. It's 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 more rumoured, let's put it this way, it's more rumoured than the Champa one. It's a, it's
1: essentially people going, oh, they probably don't want her to run back to Stardom, because to be honest, they probably don't want her to run back to Stardom.
0: So we both agreed that Charlotte's dropping it. Charlotte, with the NXT Championship, has done nothing because she's still appearing on Roaring um, SmackDown, so absolutely nothing the, to it.
1: The one good thing that I've seen is a couple of weeks ago in NXT, um, it was, um, Charlotte had a mystery opponent and it was Chelsea Green. And you know how Chelsea Green with Robert Stone? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Robert Stone, the whole way down the ramp, was like, I put this together. The, the biggest wrestler in the world, and I put this together. <laughs> It's literally like any like you'll know this if you remotely ever worked with in music, which you have, because you're in a band. Um, Managers are the worst kind of people.
0: Oh yeah, one hundred percent.
1: But always like, well, this is what I've done. This is what I've done, and I'm like, I don't give a fuck, mate. I asked you what do you want for the bar. (laughs)
0: Um, yeah, I think, I think Ripley's gonna pinch your eye. Um, I think with the division that NXT women have got. Um, which is just an absolutely stacked division still. Um, I think you've got enough women in there to hold the division without needing Charlotte there. You're right, Charlotte's bought nothing. And in the current climate, it hasn't bumped the ratings at all. Just look at the women in the six women tag. I mean, you've got Tegan Knox, Candice Lorraine, Dakota Kai, all who could legitimately go for that championship now.
1: Hmm. Um, Like it hasn't shifted the ratings. Like NXT, um, AEW ratings were closer this week but I think that's down to AEW losing viewers more than NXT earning them.
0: Yeah, I think NXT have plateaued slightly.
1: Yeah. Which we're not... It's still a good... We're still good ratings. It's just... They don't have Chris Jericho.
0: That is true. Main event of the evening, then. Uh, The last chance backlot brawl for the NXT Championship. It's been made a backlot brawl this week uh, with the stipulation that if the Velveteen Dream loses, he can no longer challenge for the NXT Championship while Cole is still champion. And obviously it's Cole the champion versus the Velveteen Dream. Now, it might surprise you, Chris, that the Velveteen Dream mark himself, Garth Jackson, has gone for the Velveteen Dream. Um,
1: Who's voted against the Velveteen Dream?
0: In the predictions. So are you going to join him in the Velveteen Smartdom? I am unsure.
1: Because for one, I think Adam Cole should lose the belt in front of the crowd. But also, I think with Adam Cole, he's so much of a heel that people love him. He's one of those kind. He's a Kevin Owens type. So, he's not going to be booed if he loses the championship, so what's the point? Um, I think it might be time for a change. He's the longest-running NXT champion, and has essentially faced four people <laughs> for that belt. So, I don't know. I'm going to go with Dream, just for, as a Hail Mary, because I want to start winning these predictions.
0: Okay, so, my thinking. <laughs> oh, it's dangerous. Oh, ah, oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say the person to take the belt off Cole is Keith Lee, but of course Keith Lee's still the United States champion according to my predictions. Um, oh bollocks! I just, I think with it being made a backlot brawl, and with it being made effectively a no DQ match, you're gonna have the undisputed era make an appearance.
1: You are, by the way, have you seen Kyla O'Reilly's beard? I haven't. It is...
0: It's more scraggly than my beard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, I don't know. Oh, do I go Adam Cole? Just to be
1: different? Also, it has room for bollocks.
0: Which is, like, Belveteen
1: Dream's favourite thing. As in, like, gimmicks, not actual bollocks. We, of course, don't know the Dream's
0: sexuality. The thing that annoys me about the dream is we've been robbed here of an actual velveteen dream entrance
1: well, I'm sure he'll still make one.
0: he better do that's the only reason I'm tuning in <laughs> Oh so you've got
1: gone... that like completely against the gimmick it's not they're not in any house but in a parking lot.
0: See it was set on Adam Cole. And then when you mentioned that if Adam Cole drops the title in front of a crowd, you run the risk of it being a bad reaction. <laughs> you've made a fucking good point there, you dick. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's not why you've kept me on this podcast for what two years now.
0: Do you know what? We we me and you differ enough, and so do me and Garth. We differ enough, so I, I am going to go dream. Um. I wasn't we all- going to. I literally, as we set out, I had every, I had every faith I was going to go with Cole, and now I, I just don't fucking know. So, bastard. Yeah, I'm getting dream. <laughs> I'm getting dream.
1: So does that mean the only difference we have is a women's match?
0: No, we've also gone different priest and Balor.
1: Okay. Oh, for fuck's sake, so do you mean I need to care about Priest and Balor?
0: You do need to care about Priest and Balor, and especially if that's the uh, kick-off match.
1: I might, to be honest. I'm, am I staying up for this one? I don't have a network. I could pirate it.
0: I don't know. I'm not staying <laughs> up for this live, because obviously, I work on a Monday, and with them changing it to fucking Sunday. I can't watch it. Um, so I'll have to watch I mean, it on the Monday night.
1: It's been on Sundays for like, two of the last three takeovers, and I miss it being on a, on a Saturday.
0: I miss it being on a Saturday. That's why I loved AEW Double or nothing being on a Saturday, because it was just easy to watch, and I had a lion. It was amazing.
1: It was amazing, yeah. So continue.
0: Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that just about cuts it. So what we'll do is I'll just quickly run through the predictions, and then I'll sign off the podcast. So uh we've all gone for Team Candice LeRae. Uh, we've all gone for Killer Cross. I've gone for Damian Priest and Chris and Garth have gone for Finn Balor. Me and Chris have gone for Keith Lee to retain his United States Champ... Sorry, his North American title against Gargano. Garth's gone for Gargano. Um, I have gone for Rhea Ripley to win the champion, the Women's Championship. Both Garth and Chris have gone for Io Shirai. And then all three of us have gone for the Velveteen Dream to dethrone Adam Cole. Who will win? You will have to find out on next week's Weekend Wrestling where we will have a review of NXT TakeOver in your house. Uh, In the meantime, guys, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Don't forget you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Google, whether that's iTunes, whether that's Stitcher, Podbean... Spotify, Google Podcasts, we are absolutely everywhere. Uh, you can also check us out on the website www.podmania.co.uk, where you can also check out our features, match reviews, match ratings, and all our archived podcasts. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at, at podmania and on Facebook. Join the Facebook group PodMania Podcasts. Uh the YouTube channel at, at RealPodMania or YouTube slash. Real PodMania. Um Garth is found at Garthamania on Twitter. Myself, I'm found at Real Rob Gordin. Chris, where can they find you?
1: Um at Garthamania.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just just have people shouting you out on Garth's Twitter.
1: Yeah, it's like why the fuck did you um insult who did I insult on this part? I normally insult someone. Usually, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um And finally, ladies and gentlemen, I do just want to sign off with the following words. Um, We do not understand, but we will stand with you. Black lives do matter. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. You've been listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Podmania, Facebook at Podmania Podcasts, and YouTube and Instagram at RealPodmania. And check out the website, podmania.co.uk. Until next time, wrestling fans.